Hi, I'm Austin Earthum. Taylor Patton is out sick today, so you guys are stuck with just me. But welcome to the Kitchen Table Podcast. We're here to motivate, educate, and relate to you guys, sharing our stories, helping you get 1% better in all areas of your life. Uh, since Taylor is sick this week, what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, a week in review. So a lot of you know that uh, I journal daily and I star all the important things that I feel um, may have an impact in my life or can help me moving forward. So we're going to talk about uh, what I've learned since last time we did the podcast, um, what I'm thinking about, what I've reflected on, challenges I've had in life. I know it's been a uh, big topic lately, and we're going to turn it into the 1440, uh, both for reflection, challenge, and just active purposes, because no matter what, if we think about something, in the end, we had to have action in order for it to matter. So without further ado, here we go. Um, I just started a new journal actually because my other one filled up and I had it for almost a year, which was great. Uh, but now I got a lot smaller version. Uh, so it's nice to carry it around a little bit smaller. But, anyways, first thing I wrote down or starred uh, this past week was to spend time on things. So, a lot of success takes a lot of time and effort. It's really hard to be successful if all you do is show up and then go home, right? So, you got to have time planning, you got to have time. Uh, adjusting. So what I was thinking about spending a lot of time on is one, I've been trying to learn sign language. So how much time do I spend on sign language at school during my break time or down periods? Do I just do the alphabet quick and then learn five or six words and spend five minutes on it, which honestly has been what it has uh, for the past couple weeks? Or if I have some downtime, do I spend 30 minutes on it? Because you can learn a lot more in 30 minutes than you can in five minutes if you're diligently learning. Um, I don't have 30 minutes block period, block time a lot. So I try to do five minutes, but if I can remember those words and then build on those each day, by the end of the week, I will have learned 25 words and now review those that week and then go the next um, 25 words on two weeks. So in a month, I will have learned roughly 50 words in sign language. So if we can do little things like that, I learned in college, our strength coach said to get up half hour earlier. And if you get up a half hour earlier and just do something with your time, like for me, it was learning Spanish. If you can spend 10 minutes on Spanish, 10 minutes in meditation, and maybe 10 minutes in prayer, that's 30 minutes that you just gain throughout your day that you aren't wasting on social media or just sitting around doing nothing, which is fine. At times you need breaks. But in the end, if you can spend 30 more minutes on something, you're going to be 1% better in that area over a period of time. So I've been spending time on sign language. And then also I've been doing a lot for a business that I want to get started here once I get my sports psychology degree um, for my master's. So I've been working on a website and kind of making some things looking pretty. I also made like a nonprofit website I want to do in the future and spending some ideas on logos and themes and how much things are going to cost and expenses and getting everything set up so that when I graduate, I can basically pull the plug and I get it going. Um, I should say attach the plug because I'm doing something forward, not pull it. Pulling is kind of ending. But anyways, you get my my point on that, hopefully. So spending time on the business has also been really exciting. Like it makes me want to get up and and go to work every day and then have that time to work on it. 
right? So I enjoy doing that and I feel like I'm building my future. And if you feel like you're building something, then you put it into action, then good things will happen. It might not be exactly what you think. Again, getting clients in sports psychology is going to be extremely difficult um, starting from scratch. But if you have a plan, that's a good place to start. And then when the going gets tough, you got to start finding some other ways. You got to know some people. You got to have everything organized and look nice and appeal to others. And then you got to ultimately, you got to do a good job when you put your active, when you put your activity forward, put your best foot forward is what I should be saying. Still working on the words. Sorry, guys. Uh, but we're trying to get things out a little more clear. So I've been spending a lot of time on that and I really enjoy spending time on it. And I think what I'm best at in life is probably sports and reflecting. And those are the two, well, besides sleeping. And that's what I spend the most time on is my workout, which I really feel like I've made a lot of progress in on the past uh, four to six weeks, especially. Um, so I'm looking forward this week is a actually a kind of a light week going into this camp I have next weekend and then spring break. And then we'll really jump into the, the heavyweights and fully get into some more CrossFit once we get into the spring and start of the summer. So I'm really looking forward to that plan, staying healthy and continuing to build on myself there. And I love, I love having that time to listen to podcasts and music uh, or have my wife down there with me. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so again, if you look forward to something that you spend a lot of time on, it's not dragging. Oh, I have to do this for two hours straight because it's really hard to do something for that long. Last Sunday, I was sitting watching TV and I actually watched three basketball games. And the whole time I was thinking, okay, either get into the game or find something else to do because being bored and having the mind wander is not is not working out for me. So build upon something in your life. Have something that you look forward to that you're going to spend time on. And then ultimately, you reap the rewards. My brother, dad, and I got in a conversation this past weekend as well about there's a little graphic that has like a mountaintop and then it shows like, oh, success. And then under the, it's actually an iceberg, I think. Under the iceberg, it talks about like how you need sleep and there's a lot of time, effort, failure that goes into things. Um, and then my brother's talking about how sleep, like, sleep is important that you you don't lose sleep if it's important to you. And I was saying how sometimes if you spend time on things, it's inevitable that you're going to lose some sleep at some point because you got to get something else done. But when you when you reap the rewards of that or you see yourself building, it doesn't seem like you're losing sleep or you're you're extending yourself too much. So, I love those those late days in college when I was coming home from a football game at 11 o'clock at night, we're just getting on a plane and we're not home till two three in the morning because we're coming from the West Coast. And I mean, those nights, my legs are sore. I'm tired. I have a headache. Everybody else, even if we lost, it's it's worth going home and seeing my family after the game and having those experiences with your team. And those are the things that I miss most about sports and traveling because the feelings you get, those emotions you're never going to forget. and it's hard to feel those just in everyday life. And it's something you spend a lot of time on. So your emotions are going to be a little bit stronger when you spend a lot of time on them. Uh, so that's just a little memory that I have moving forward on the, on the time I spent on things. The bottom line is if you're going to spend time on something, make it worth your while. And if it's worth your while, you're going to reap the benefits at some point 
might not be when you want, but if you keep the right path, some point you're going to make some gains or you're going to see some sort of success. Uh, and that's what, that's what really keeps us going. But remember to enjoy the process because it's something you're building for your future. So you should be enjoying it the whole time. Um, and there's always going to be people around you who hopefully want to help you and help you do that. And if not, I'd find some of those people, um, make yourself a little bit better person. I saw a quote today, actually, here can be the quote of the week. Saw a quote today when I was working through, uh, one of the projects I was working for, uh, my sports psychology. And I was looking through some old PowerPoints I had wrote and something I learned at an FCA meeting in college was you always need to have a Paul with you. So Paul in the Bible, somebody who's always wiser than you, a Timothy, somebody you can teach or be a mentor to, and then a Simon, which is where I'm getting with all this. Simon is somebody who can walk with you, Simon Peter. So if you have those three people, you're likely to be making an impact on somebody. You're likely to be impacted, and you're likely to have a best friend. And all three of those are super important uh, in your circle of life. So enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy the people you're around and spend some time on it. Also reflect about all those things if you haven't, because I think that's important. Anyways, uh, some other things I was thinking about. Speaking of workouts, I was looking at, at Liver King, and he's doing 30 push-ups every 30 minutes for his whole day. Now, I know some of us are at work or driving, and we can't do it. So he was saying, do not make, don't make too much of a fuss about it. Just get 30 push-ups in when you get in the car. Then if you're going to be in the car for, let's say, two hours, do 30 push-ups once you get out of the car. So just when it's feasible for you, if you can't do 30 push-ups, do 10 push-ups every hour or one push-up every hour, whatever it might be, or change it to sit-ups. There's always adaptive things, but I was thinking how how much discipline that would require to do and how much of a challenge it really would be. Because if you think about it, if you do, let's just say 30 push-ups for 20, like, let's say you're up, well, you're not up 24 hours. Let's say you're up 16 hours a day. So you get eight hours of sleep, right? So if you're up, you do 30 push-ups times 16 hours. That's 400. That's almost 500 push-ups every day. It's 480 push-ups. So double that if you do every 30 minutes. And think about how much fitter you can get just by doing that. And it literally takes nothing out of your day. All it takes is a phone reminder, and then you're good. You knock them out in a minute right there. That's getting 1% better right there. By the time you actually do it, take 30 seconds to do push-ups. Do that 16 times a day. That's eight minutes of your day right there. So you're already getting half, I guess, half percent better, but I bet your gains will be like 1% better for sure. So give it a shot. See what you like. Uh, if you think of something similar to it, I think it will be a nice challenge and have a lot of discipline uh, that you can gain. That could be your challenge of the week since we haven't had one of those in a while. Um, other things I was thinking about, uh, speaking of challenges, I watched a documentary about, uh, I think I talked about it a couple weeks ago, documentary on Netflix about like crazy sports and failures and how some it's called losers. So failures aren't really failures. There's this girl who does the Iditarod every year and she's done it like 15 years and she's never won it. And crazy story about almost getting killed by a snowmobiler, crazy storms. But anyways, I was just thinking how, how crazy the Iditarod really is and how hard it would be. You're basically by yourself in darkness for multiple days at a time. All you have is you and your dogs Obviously, you see other competitors, but there's a stretch that's right by the ocean, um, and basically, you can get blown over into it, and she was talking about a storm one day and how you couldn't see anything, and I was just thinking the fear that would come through that and how much better you would be coming out of it 
or she talks about another story about getting, like I said, almost getting hit by a snowmobiler and having to do that the next year in that same spot. I mean, that's, it's gotta be super frightening sort of overcome that fear and continue to do well. And I did ride every year is, I mean, she obviously enjoys it. She's not thinking that it's, well, she probably thought the next one was scary, but it's, it's in her element, you know, but it's still a challenge. And I think when you can see the joy in her face the next year, even though she didn't win, how many people were clapping for her, how she felt and she felt good about her efforts. And again, when you put time in something, you challenge yourself it's super cool the rewards that you can see, even though you might not be getting the rewards as in winning that she thought she would. Uh, but she's won a lot more than that. She's got to help. She's helped reach people with how to treat dogs better and how to how to do the Iditarod and how to follow your passion. All those are a lot more important than winning, in my opinion. So I think it's really cool. Um, if you want to watch the uh, documentary, it's called Losers. I think that's like one of the last episodes. Um, it's on Netflix. It's pretty good. Um, also back to the whole spending time on things. Saw a tweet by Pat McAfee. He went on vacation with his wife in Hawaii. He's about to have a baby and was looking over some things from the end of the year and just thinking about all the good things he's having. So he was reflecting and then thinking of the stuff he's going to do next. Uh, and he was tweeting all about it and saying a bunch of thank yous and showing a lot of gratitude. But I think that's great to sit on a beach and have time to reflect and Think about all the time you spent in, all the people you've helped, and then think, hey, what's next? How can I make this thing bigger? How can I go outside the box? Because he's he's not your typical reporter of staying up all night and having the he's he's the new media, right? Like Draymond Green says, they're not just going old textbook. He's starting a podcast, they're just speaking their mind and what they see, and then they're talking to people who they know about it. And it's not it's not as formal and it's getting a lot of information out there. So he's kind of changing the changing the groove on how, how media is portrayed and presented. Um, so I think, again, he's spending time on it, and he's making an impact on a way he never thought he was going to be. He just set out to, to talk and be funny. And, I mean, obviously he had, a, he had an idea of the media people aren't maybe, for lack of a better word, correct in what they're doing. So he wanted to change that a little bit, and now he's, he's reaping the success because how much work he put into it. So I thought that was pretty cool. So that was only one page. So this is going to be a little bit longer than just 1440, but hey, one episode this week instead of two. So it's all good. Um, that's funny that we're talking about spending time on things because I wrote, so my February, I write, I, so at the end of the month, I look at all my stars and see if there's anything overlapping and I put it on a sticky note. And what I wrote for February is plan next steps that I'm getting closer to the actions of what to do next. That's literally what I wrote, and I just talked about that for 10 straight minutes. So I thought that was pretty cool how that makes sense. A um, couple quotes I saw this week that were really cool. Uh, God wounds us to bring him close, bring us closer to him. Uh, just reflecting over Lent now since we've been a week and almost two weeks into Lent. Uh, doing the book every day, meditating has gone really well. I learned a lot. I've actually wrote a lot from the book that we're reading, uh, my wife and I, every night. So I think it's really interesting. One of the stories that we just read a couple nights ago is Jesus in the Transfiguration on the mountain. A lot of times Jesus went to the top of the mountain to find something out. Like he would pray for a day 
He would pray for two days. He would go up by himself. Nobody else would go with him. And the reason that he would go do all this, the book talks about, is because the important times he needed prayer and he needed to reflect, right? But also going up the mountain is a challenge. Being on top of the mountain, you get a different view, right? If you're number one, you're on top of the mountain, it's a different view from the bottom, right? At the top, when you figure something out, again, it's like, whoa, it's transfigured. He's trans, he's transfiguring himself, right? So when everything is changing from the mountaintop, we have a clear sense of what's going on and what's to go, what we're going to do next, right? We have that uh, feeling of relief or joy or satisfaction. So when Jesus does all that work, does all the prayer, and then he gets some sort of answer, that's when the thing, that's when the important things happen. He found his disciples on the top of the mountain. He did the transfiguration on top of the mountain. He did all sorts of different prayers and I would say priestly duties um, for the, on top of his mountain. He also, that's when he knew he was going to die. Uh, his ultimate sacrifice, he found that out on top of the mountain, basically in prayer. So we want to get to the top of the mountain. We want to have that challenge. And that's when things are figured out because we want to have that mountaintop view. So I hope you guys who are uh, participating in Lent are doing doing great in your practices with uh, prayer, almsgiving, and fasting, um, the meaning of Lent basically there. Uh, another quote I saw is, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a challenging one. And that was in that was in Father Stu. So we watched. Uh, my wife and I went to Father Stu in theaters about this same time last year, and she got mad at me because I it was snowing and I didn't open the door. I parked too far away, or I don't remember why she was mad. But then we watched it again this past uh, or a couple weekends ago. So I was wondering what I wrote from then, and then what I wrote now. And I still haven't looked back at that journal because it's actually not at my uh, place right now. But it's interesting because every time you watch something, you can learn something new. So again, reflecting on how things have changed in the last year, what I've thought earlier in the movie to now in the movie, I think would be super cool to see. Um, so I'm interested in that. Um, I wrote down wisdom on this one. So even when we envy, we somewhat admire, which is super true because I'm a pretty jealous person, I would say. I'm not very good at uh, smiling for other people's success. But you really do admire them because like, again, this is a bad example, but I'm jealous of LeBron James, right? He's basically lived the life that I've uh, envisioned for myself, which everybody has, right? <laughs> Not everybody, but, but I also admire him for how much work and effort and how hard it is to actually be in his situation. He can't go to the grocery store without, without people knowing who he is. And I actually really like going to the grocery store. So there's, there's some give and take some good and bad, but I really think that, that quote is true. Even when we envy someone, we somewhat admire them because they reach what you want to do. So you have to somewhat respect that. Um, oh, now I, I just got a couple of interesting things here. So I was listening to the New Heights podcast again with Travis and Jason Kelsey, how we formed our uh, questions last week on the 1440. And something that they they were talking about is there's two types of people in the world the ones who look at the instructions when they're trying to put something together and the ones who actually read and follow the instructions when they're trying to put something together so i would say i'm like a 50 50 person depending on what it is 
sometimes I'll look at the instructions and then just be like, ah, we'll figure it out. And other things I'll like do step by step with the instructions say. And I think that you got to have, they were saying how quarterbacks need a little bit of both of them. And I think I would turn it into leadership. I think leadership, you be, you got to be able to do both. You got to be able to compute the complicated ones. And then you also just got to be able to shut up and go. Uh, so that, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I, I wonder how many uh, friend groups or somebody in your inner circle, your spouse, your best friend, your brother, sister, uh, who they would be in that sequence as well. Because both my wife and my brother would be more of the follow step-by-step steps, read the instructions almost every time. And I would, if I had to choose one, I'd choose the opposite. I'd just figure it out and struggle with it forever because I feel like it's harder to actually read the instructions. And then they talked about what the difference is between a deli shop and a sandwich shop. Like is Subway a deli shop or a sandwich shop? I don't know. And then a pizzeria versus a pizza place. They were saying how is Papa John's a pizzeria versus pizza place and they got to have Italian and do they have to speak Italian or have to be an Italy type shop? So I thought that was interesting about how we, how we think about things. And those are just, good car conversations if you're driving uh, to think about. And it makes you a little hungry. And who doesn't like food, you know? Um, let me see. Uh, another thing in the Lenten book we're doing is, what do I want to say from this point on? So I've always thought about like, okay, this is going to be a changing point in my life. I'm going to say I did this because I changed my mind and I went for it. And in reality, that's not how my life works, unfortunately. It's a lot of little points for me over time, but I think everybody has some sort of stories or experiences that they remember. And I think those are important to share with others. In fact, that's the whole reason I wanted to do a podcast. But in those experiences, what did we gain from them? That's the important thing. What not, what, not what did I say I want to have from this point, but what, what did I learn from this that made me have this from this point on? All right. I want to say I worked out every day after I read that book. Okay. Are you working out to, what are you working out for? Are you just doing it for the challenge? Are you doing it for uh, trying to get fitter? Are you training for something specific? How has it helped you in the end? Because again, like with purpose, back to purpose, it's not about what you did. It's why you did it and where you're going for it. Right. So working out is great, but why are you working out? Okay, well, I want to be fitter so I can do a Spartan race, right? So Taylor wants to do a Spartan race and run a marathon by the end of the year. So he gets in the cold tub. That's why he does it. And he wants to challenge himself, okay? There's a purpose to that. It's not just, yeah, I read the book and I said I did it, right? If saying you do it isn't good enough, but it's the why and is it how is it going to make you a better person? Why do you want this to make you a better person? What category are you trying to work on, right? Because I try to categorize everything, uh, based on different improvements on my life. Um, oh, there's a good one. Uh, last week, uh, well, really this week, I guess, sometimes when we try to gain control, we end up with less control. Right? So sometimes letting things go is the best thing to do. Um, some digestion issues. Oh, I, I actually tweeted this. If you're in a struggle... 
that means you're still trying to get better because you care about it, right? So if you're in a struggle, you're trying to think, how can I get out of it? You're still working towards that goal. So it's don't think of it as a struggle. Think of it as a challenge that you're going to overcome, right? Because if it's a struggle, then it seems negative. But if it's a challenge, it's something you can attack head on and get to that top of that mountain like I was talking earlier. Um, and that's going to take a, an attitude adjustment for some of us. Uh, I mean, my wife and I get in some fights sometimes, and a lot of our fights, we just need to change our attitude, on all honesty. Uh, something I learned from another sports psychologist, again, by Mr. Stuhlberg that I follow on Twitter. He said, happiness is reality minus expectations. So some of us want to have high expectations. Others of us say, oh, I want low expectations so I can become happier, which is true. Happiness is not ever-ending. It's going to change, right? It fluctuates a lot. So happiness is reality minus expectations. I think that's super true. Does it meet your expectations? If it does, then you're happy. If it doesn't, then you're in the negative, right? And just like the same thing with purpose that I've talked about in the future, go listen to the episode on purpose for that formula and a bunch of other stuff. But drive is big in, in that. And then basically, are we setting goals and who are we talking to? Um, but anyways, I also think uh, kids, so I wrote on kids are disrespectful these days. And I think when you gain more wisdom, you should try to portray that wisdom on the others. And that's just a way of helping the world. Um, job interviews. Oh, whoop, got a nice update, which is cool. Um, some other personal stuff. Oh, yeah, I, had a, I had a Zoom meeting for this training division I run for kicking. And our head guy, Jamie Cole, I was just thinking how great of a learner he is, right? Like he's continuously learning in our meeting from other people in the division, from uh NFL players and just continuing to learn. And he's the best coach, best coach there is, in my opinion, uh, when he gets down to the nitty gritty details and he's still learning and wanting to learn. And that's, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate leader right there. Uh, trying to, trying to better yourself and continue to be the best. And that it's hard to be on top of that mountain because everybody wants to come get you on that mountain, but you got to keep spending the time on an effort. And I appreciate what he has. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, I'm like Coach Calipari uh, for Kentucky, how I was watching a documentary on him, and he learned on Netflix. Or, well, it was a 30 for 30. It wasn't on Netflix. It might be on Netflix. But anyways, 30 for 30 on uh, Coach Cal. And basically he learned – he started coaching because he was at like – I think it was New York or New Jersey uh, or Boston and just at a park, and they were doing a clinic. And he was at college, and he started helping with the clinic. And next thing you know, he's learning from the best person – and became like a really good coach. And I was thinking, wow, I had that too. Every camp I do, I get to learn from the best best kicking coach in the world. And I was thinking like how I can use my sports psychology and coaching and my experiences playing. And I had this, I have this 80% rule that 80% of your kick should be in this challenging range. range. So a lot of high school kids, those of you listening, that's roughly 30 to 40 yards. That's where you make money so-called in high school kicking and then college would be uh 35 to 45 and then obviously 40 40 to 50 for the nfl and then 50 plus nowadays as well but if you can spend 80 percent of your kicks whatever that day is minus the wind and stuff if you can spend 80 percent of your kicks in that range you're definitely going to be getting better as a kicker 
So I think that's super important. Um, and then also my no step technique that I teach having this leg back and you guys don't need to know the detail, but learning that stuff and changing it for your own tune is, is elite in my opinion. And that's, that's what it takes to be great is learning from the greats and then putting your own swing on things and then be okay doing it your way. Um, and hoping that it sticks. Cause if you believe it, that's what coaches do. They try to make you believe what you're doing and they believe in their own way. And that's why some people go to one school and other people go to another school, just the style they have. So I think it's important. Like, for instance, I'm always going to be a Vitargo follower. I'm going to like Vitargo the whole the whole time. I am stuck in their product, and I, I'm, I'm in it, right? I will always back them for what they're putting in their product and the influence it has on my performance. So if you want, the details are in the link. Make sure you guys go ahead and get your Vitargo. Personally, I like great, but orange is great for breakfast if you work out in the morning as well. 23% gains, they say. So get yourself a bottle of it. All right, so a couple more things, and then I'll wrap up here. This has been double as long as I thought, but that's okay because we're getting better here. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I watched uh, Physical One Hundred, and this just goes. This is just a thought I had. A CrossFitter won it, of course. So Physical One Hundred is another thing on Netflix that I watched uh, these past couple weeks, and it takes the fittest, well, not really, fit hundred fit people in Korea. South Korea and have them do different challenges throughout the week. And then they eliminate the losers of each challenge. And then at the end, there's one person standing and that person happened to be a CrossFitter and there's endurance challenges, strength challenges, uh, speed challenges, teamwork, all this other stuff, balance and the CrossFitter one, which is just goes to show CrossFit. In my opinion is the best thing in the world to do. It works on anything. There's rope climbs. There was sprinting. There was jumping over obstacles. There was how long you can hang on a pull-up bar. There was literally wrestling a ball or to get a ball, I should say. Uh, there was stacking boards and then putting sand into a bin. There's pushing a boat, all sorts of stuff, holding a, a big, uh, big old iron ball. There's running and then there's like uh, kind of the beep test. There's a bunch of different tests. There's pulling rope for like out of a thing of like a hose and you're just pulling a rope forever. A lot of mental tests and challenges. It'd be a great team be, team building activity. And it was just really cool to watch. So I recommend watching Physical 100. Um, talked about all that stuff already. Um, another quote I found is to make money. So I'm reading a book, uh, but a hawk, I don't remember the name of it. Actually, it's a memoir by the guy who is on the ESPN commercials for hockey, uh, and talks about the next game coming up, blah, 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 blah on the commercials. But I'm reading his memoir and he played for the Oilers and the Rangers for a long time. And he said, a lot of people say that you make your money in the regular season and your name in the postseason. Now let's change this over, right? Cause it's tax season. So yours, I'm not an athlete. I don't know what that means. Well, really, taxes, you're working right now a lot, right? If you're an accountant, you're working 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. sometimes throughout the week. So that's where you're making your money. And then in May and, I mean, I don't know, let's say the summer, just say the summer, right? That's when you, that's when you do your job. You learn how to, I messed it up here. I did it backwards. 
during tax season, that's your name. That's how you that's how you get recognized for what you do, right? In the summer, you're making your money because you're getting prepared for it. So you preparation is where you make your money and then figuring it out and then when it matters, that's when the name comes in. And that's super important because in the end, that's where the impact or the purpose falls into place. So again, enjoy the enjoy the process, put in the time. And then when it matters, hopefully you're starting to reap the benefits in some way. Uh, also, shout out to uh, uh, my friends, Nate and Brooke, Heather Kidd. Uh, super exciting. And I was just thinking about the, the change in life and the challenge that it has and the emotions going through uh, delivering a baby. And it's just a lot of a lot of good life experiences come out of that. And I think that that's why when you have a kid, they say that your emotions change and uh, you become closer and this and that because it's a lasting feeling, if that makes sense, or emotion that it's it, it takes you to tears or complete joy um, or fulfillment. So those huge emotions, like I've said in the past, really play a role on basically your future. Um, some psychology stuff that I'm not going to share because I'm going to put my business and that's about it. Let me see. There might be one more thing. Workouts. Mm. Oh, 10 concepts. Here, I'll leave you with this. Okay. I'll, this will be your homework if you want another challenge for the week. 10 concepts. I also put it on Twitter. 10 concepts by Alex Brogan that basically will help you to live a better life once you understand it. Happiness paradox, hyperbolic discounting, do-nothing tendency, cognitive switching penalty, forgetting curve, that's why we got to study five minutes every day, Gohart's law, spotlight effect, spotlight's not really on you even though you think it is, suggestibility, again, look at our previous episode on advice, uh, I think it's two or three weeks ago, goes with purpose. We take the advice of others, but not ourselves. First conclusion bias, whatever we hear first, we run with a lot of the time or put in our brain. And then strategic underinvestment. Right? So we're making it so I'm just kind of going through these now. Strategic underinvestment is when we we appraise what we're gonna fail on at the start so it doesn't seem as bad when we actually fail it. Okay, so I'll, I'm gonna fail. Let's say you're doing a workout that has a run. Uh, a squat and a push up, and you're like, ah, I'll go easy on the run because I'm not very good at it. So you're gonna f- automatically you're failing on the run. Instead, why don't you say, okay, the other two I'm good at, I'm gonna attack the run to make sure I get through it. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna beat it. I'm gonna beat my time. Um, so happiness paradox, I think, is goes back what I said earlier about how it's basically what happened versus what you think is going to happen and how it changes a lot. Discounting. Well, we do that a lot too. We basically like blow something up or forget about it. And then when we do nothing, we, we want to continuously, it's a mind game with ourselves to do something or to do nothing. Uh, but anyways, you guys, you guys can look at the rest of these and tell me what you think. And if you don't care, then well, you can just skip the last two minutes of this podcast. But that being said, that is everything that I wrote for a star this week um, that was important for this podcast. 
So appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully I didn't bore you to death. If I did, well, let me know about it. Send me a text or comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever. But I do hope you guys have a great rest of your week and you do get 1% better. Take some time to reflect. Spend some time on some things, write some things down, and then ultimately I hope you take some action uh, in order to better your life and spend some spend some time with those who you love and are around you and help make them better as well as they're hopefully doing for you. And if you don't have that, try to find those people. Anyway, I will catch you guys next week, hopefully with Taylor, and we will talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye.